What's up, Benchwarmers? A little bit different episode this time. We're giving you another bonus episode on the Unhinged Sports Network of the Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. Nico's not going to be on this one because uh, I asked him if he wanted to be on our NCAA March Madness preview show, and he said he would rather have somebody who knew a little bit more about the sport on. So I drove up to Greeley to see my brother and sister, and hey, Dom used to wrestle, so let's talk about some wrestling with him. And that's what we do. We basically give you... About an hour preview for the NCAA March Madness Tournament, the wrestling national championships that take place this year, March 18th, uh, through that weekend, through Saturday night is when the championships are. Um, so we, we do that. We break down the team rankings. We break down all 10 weight classes, have a few stories in there. We talk about the Oklahoma receiver getting his ass kicked by some guy in the bathroom, which was fun because that was the first time Dom watched that. So be sure to... Uh, Listen and then tell your friends to to check this out on demand as well. If you're listening live on the Unhinged Sports Network for the show, you can find us every Wednesday on the Unhinged Sports Network, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. And then we have various replays throughout the week. I'm on two for chirping. Nico's on three in the key. Hockey and basketball talk if you want just those shows. And then you can follow us on social media at FEOTB pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We still have our shirts that we're selling. So if you're interested in buying one of the baby blue shirts, DM us on Instagram or Twitter if you have Nico or I's phone number. Text us and say that you want a shirt. Um, we accept PayPal, Venmo, and cash. And then other than that, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Start watching those clips. They come out when Thursdays, Saturdays, and Mondays. And uh, be, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Helps us out on the podcast. And then we also will shout you guys out and read your reviews on the pod once we start getting some of those. But I think... That is all the housekeeping notes. Be sure to tune back in Wednesday as we're going to have a full March Madness preview show coming up for you in the next couple weeks. But uh, for now, enjoy the March Madness wrestling episode with myself, Jimmy Pilato, and my brother, special guest host, Dominic Pilato. Beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie being fired by the politics. As exciting as I think I've seen a match here all season, as Sammy gets a double underhook again. I've been waiting for it to come down to the heavyweights, and it finally does. And what a better chance. And Sammy goes for the throw, and he gets it. Two points, and near four points. Sammy D! Sammy D! Could he get the fall? He has a four-point near fall right now. He's going for the pitfall. This yeah, is for the it. conference. 45 seconds. He has time. And he gets it. Oh, Sammy D! Western is your conference champion. Yeah! Are you kidding me? Western does it! <laughs> what a win for Sammy D. Okay, that's enough reminiscing. Uh, this is going to be fun. Far end of the bench bonus episode. All about NCAA wrestling. I know it's pretty niche, but it's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, and when I say ours, not Nico's, because we already had that discussion. March Madness is better than March Madness, Madness but we don't have to get into that. Uh, this is just going to be Dom and I. It's far end of the bench, but Nico said that he's cool with us doing an NCAA wrestling podcast, so we might as well. I mean, I listen to these. I listen to an hour and a half wrestling podcast every week, so it's no different for me. 
But as you could hear from that opening highlight, it's a big deal. So hi. Hi, Dom. You hi. look sunburnt. Yeah, a little sunburnt. Just got off the field. Uh, Three-hour practice and about an hour meeting today. Finally able to get back out there and uh, practice a little bit. So, yeah, a little sunburn, maybe a little tired. Probably need some food, but you know what? We're here. We're, We're doing here. this. Yeah, you're surviving. That's fine. But, uh, I mean, it's been a while. You did win. This is your first This is your first appearance back on the show since you won the college bowl pick em. Yes. You still haven't sent us what you want uh, all of us to do, and you're kind of missing the boat because now it's March Madness. So, yeah, you're going to be. I mean, honestly, you know, it's nice to win that thing, and I was kind of debating whether or not I wanted to try to send something, but I, did, I never really figured out what I wanted to try to send. Uh, it was gonna be it was gonna be probably WWE related, but at this point, I think I missed it. So, you guys are off the hook. Are you gonna be doing the March Madness bracket challenge with us? All you have to do is have the app. We're not putting any money on it or anything. Um, and if you win, you won't get a shirt because I feel like that's an NCAA violation, and I'm not, I'm not gonna do that to you. Uh, either way, they said we're not able to make brackets at all this year. Oh. So, um, it might just be a team rule. I honestly have no idea, but no, I I would like to, but I'm not gonna be able to. Fine. Tell your friends that aren't that don't that don't have that restriction to get in the bracket challenge because we want as many people in it as possible. Yeah. Why why did I come to you to talk wrestling? Let's explain that first before we start talking about the actual tournament that starts March 18th. So the following week after this episode is going to air, it's a Friday. So happy Friday to everybody listening. But why why did I come to you for this wrestling podcast? I know you know the reason, so that's why I'm asking you. Uh, basically, it was because. Me and you were sparring partners for, what, 12, 12 years, something like that, however long we were wrestling. I, I Me and him uh, started wrestling. I probably started wrestling when I was three or four, um, before either before or right before uh, we started football. So although football is bigger uh, in our family, and, and obviously that's why I'm up here at school, uh, we've been wrestling since we were four. Uh, I, took a little bit, I took a little bit of a hiatus on it for through – I want to say fourth and fifth grade and then came back to it in middle school and ended up uh, stopping freshman year of high school. So I have a little experience. Um, I was a I was a big guy. I was a fat guy, so I wrestled like a fat guy. I don't go for the slow singles and all that different stuff. Um, I'm more of the, the throws and the big pins and all that different stuff. Um, but the other reason is me and him were sparring partners pretty much that entire time. And uh, he... He wiped me across the mat a little bit freshman year of high school. I always, you were bigger than me, so I had to make sure that you understood this was still the relationship that we've always had. I was the varsity heavyweight, you were the JV heavyweight, so you could have challenged for my position, and in those 10-minute grind matches, I needed to make sure that you knew there was no way that you were going to be winning the varsity spot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know you don't like watching the tournament as much as I do. You don't fill out 10 brackets, and we can't fill out brackets on this episode because the selection show's not for another week. All the conference championship tournaments are happening right now. Uh, but are you excited that it's tournament time? I mean, it's, it's obviously a big deal. It's fun to watch. At least You at least like watching the finals. Yeah, and uh, at this point, we I mean, we had no sports for so long that anything – I mean, I was watching spike ball, competitive spike ball on the uh, – I think it was the NBC how, Sports app or ESPN or something. How dare you compare NCAA wrestling to spike ball? I'm not comparing anything. All I'm saying is – now that we finally have sports back that are more conventional and that we watch almost all the time, yes, I am very excited to have something to watch again. Uh, and like you said, I normally just watch the finals. Uh, if I have if I have extra time, we'll we'll see how much um, I get to watch extra than that. Um, 
And if I find like a live stream on YouTube or ESPN or something like that, I'll tune in and have it on in the background at the very least. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I mean the app is probably gonna have all the different mats on it for the first few days. It's three day. It's a three day tournament. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, three day tournament. And uh, I mean, it's my favorite. My favorite tournament in March. I know I talk a lot about March Madness. That's mainly because nobody cares about the wrestling tournament outside of a few small numbers of people. But uh, let's let's go ahead and I guess let's start by talking about the team rankings because uh, this is an interesting year. Obviously, not as much has happened. Not as many events have taken place, but it's still pretty status quo towards the top of the rankings. We're looking at the internet tournament rankings right now one through five in the tournament rankings iowa with 167 points penn state 102 points north carolina state number three 77 and a half points oklahoma state 69 and a half points and then nebraska at number five with 65 michigan's like right behind them with 63 so i mean top five wise other than north carolina state that makes a whole bunch of sense just with the the blue blood line of wrestling if you want to talk about blue blood schools and basketball it's duke it's north carolina um, it's it's all those Syracuse, all those kinds of schools. Wrestling, it's Iowa, it's Oklahoma State, it's Penn State, it's Nebraska. So those, I mean, the top five makes a whole whole bunch of sense. But I mean, North Carolina State, an ACC school. Well, what the hell are they doing in the top five of wrestling? I don't know. When you were going through the rankings, because I hadn't looked at them prior to this, when you started out Iowa State, Penn State, all those different schools, I was like, yeah, no shocker there. But then the NC State, kind of, you know, I kind of raised an eyebrow at it. I mean. ACC, you know, wrestling, and we talked about this during high school too, 5A wrestling versus 3A wrestling, there's no difference. Wrestling is wrestling. And really it just depends on at that point where you're living, um, whether or not you're at a 3A school or a 5A school. So, you know, a 3A can take down a 5A, no big deal. Just like an ACC can take down a Big Ten potentially, no big deal. Yeah, and uh, we have a few guys that we wrestle with. The Fine Silvers are at Duke, and Kai Blake is also at Duke Wrestling. And that's a big ACC program now. Um, and we saw firsthand with those guys, a 3A, 3A state champion beat them when we were at, we were at the Northern Christmas Classic tournament. Uh, that one, that tournament's tougher than the state tournament because you wrestle all classifications all at once. And that makes it interesting. Moving forward with the team rankings, like I said, Michigan's at six. Arizona State's at seven, which uh, Colton Schultz, you remember him from Ponderosa, the kid with the afro? Uh, yeah, I think he's, so. He's the heavyweight at Arizona State now. Virginia Tech, 8. Iowa State, 9. Missouri, number 10. Um, those are kind of, I mean, Virginia Tech is definitely on that same ACC wave. Arizona State's interesting because they've had the number one recruiting class four years in a row, which doesn't really seem like a big wrestling state, but it's getting better. And they had a two-time national champion with Valencia. Um, other than that, I'm not really too many other teams that I'm surprised by. Oklahoma's only 25th. Oklahoma's not having a very good year. Um, so team-wise, if you had to make make a guess right now before the tournament even starts as to who's going to win the team title for the national championship, who's, who's your go-to? That's kind of a tough question. Um, any day, you know, anybody, anything can happen. Um, I, I go back to our opening, your call. I mean – Western State's a pretty good D2 wrestling school, um, but that match that you were calling where you got the walk-off um, was a little bit of a, a toss-up because you never really know. It just depends on the day. You know, some days you're good, some days you're bad. Um, but if you have to ask me right now, I'd normally just go Oklahoma State. They're always pretty pretty accurate, you know, pretty um, 
con- uh, consistent, I guess I should say. And uh, their wrestler, I mean, they're, they're grinders. They will grind out matches. And that's one of the main things that I look at is the stamina of the wrestler. And uh, then I go to the type of win and all that different stuff when I'm picking these. And for those who don't know, Oklahoma State wrestling-wise is probably the most storied wrestling program in the history of of college wrestling. They have, I think, 30-something team titles. The coach that they have now, John Smith, we were watching the Nick Piccinini-Spencer Lee match, and John Smith was up and screaming, one of the greatest American Olympic wrestlers of all time. Didn't ever surrender a point in the Olympic tournament. But uh, he's, I think him himself has coached 250-something All-Americans, so 250 wrestlers under John Smith have finished in the top eight of the tournament. And he was, I mean, he's a legend. He's a legend of wrestling in general. Oklahoma State's a legendary program. They've been, they haven't won a team tournament or a team title in a long time. They've had a few, I mean, they have a few guys. We'll talk about it when we get into the specific weight classes, but them as a team have kind of fallen on a little bit of hard times. We're starting to see Nebraska, not Nebraska, Penn State, Iowa start to come back, and we're starting to see that Big Ten dominance once again. I mean, even teams like Northwestern, who they have a couple guys that are probably going to contend for championships this year. They're just really good as a team. If I was going to pick a team right now, it's probably Penn State, just because for whatever reason, when it comes to the national tournament, Penn State's wrestlers turn it up a bit. They're probably going to qualify eight out of the 10 weight classes, just based on on what I've been kind of reading about. I haven't really watched any of their specific matches, but they still have just as much talent. Cale Sanderson, who's the only wrestler to finish his college career undefeated, 160 and 0. Uh, actually, it might be 159 and 0. I can't remember. But is it one of those two? One win. They are uh, yeah, Penn State's still very right, very much in the mix team wise. Uh, it's in it, it's interesting. Let's talk about the for people who don't know. Let's talk about the rules for a second. We'll start with just the individual match rules. In college, first period three minutes, second period and third period are both two minutes, and the, th- the first period will always start neutral, uh, which is both wrestlers on their feet. Whoever gets a takedown where you secure the other person's hips on the mat, and you're covering their hips on the mat, that is two points. Um, and then from there, the top wrestler can either turn the bottom wrestler with his shoulders breaking 90 degrees parallel with the mat perpendicular to the mat and then the referee will start counting if it gets to two it's two point near fall parallel parallel to the mat perpendicular it breaks 90 degrees perpendicular to. i see what you're saying i see what you're saying shut up math guy i know what i'm talking about sorry uh and then if he gets to a four or a count of five it's a four point near fall the bottom wrestler can either reverse so he ends up in the position where he's controlling the other wrestler's hips and that's worth two points, or he can escape, which is worth one. And then there's a coin toss in the second period to decide which wrestler gets to pick position. They can pick top, bottom, or neutral. Uh, Team-wise, a decision win, so one to three points is three points as a team. Major decision, which is four to seven, is four points. A tech fall, which is when you get up on your opponent by 15 points, is five team points, and then a pinfall is six. Uh, so when we talk about bonus point victories, that's what we mean. The major decision, the tech fall, and the pinfall. Really what it comes down to when you're trying to win a tournament like this, you need guys to go through the bracket and win championships, but you get a lot more matches and a lot more chance for those team points in the wrestleback. So a, team, a guy who loses in the first or second round, if you can get him to start going and 
get three, four, five wins on the underside of the bracket. That's where you kind of build your team points, and that's where we've seen Penn State dominate and, and win as many state or as many national championships as they have in the last couple of years. All right, let's get into weight classes. Ten weight classes starting at 125, going up to heavyweight at 265. So we'll start. You want to start high or low? I'll give you give you the choice since it's you're the guest of the show. Uh, you know, I gotta go. I gotta go with the heavyweights. That's the one that I always wrestled. So I want to start there, and then we'll work our way back. Yeah, Dom has a Rocky Mountain Nationals medal, which if you're into the wrestling community, you know that's a big nationally syndicated wrestling tournament tournament organization. He has a medal for going out and counting lights, because uh, you were six, I think, when you got that one. Five or six, yeah, something like that. And in the six and under ninety pound division, there was four wrestlers, and they medaled through six. So Dom got pinned twice. And got a medal. Fourth place medal. I uh, I won a match in that tournament and didn't even place. So it's it's not a point of contention at all. Stop talking about it. It's not a big deal. Uh, so we're starting at heavyweight, the Dancing Bears. And it's really, I mean, the top five are all people that I, I would have assumed would have been there. So number one, Gable Stevenson. I've shown you him. He's the guy really, he, he was a freshman and he was a phenom at, at Minnesota. He's 9-0 on the season. Been ranked number one. Didn't win a national championship last year. Actually, I think took fourth because he kind of fizzled out. Not last year, two years ago, because we didn't have a tournament last year. Kind of fizzled out towards the end of it. But I think maybe the experience now that he's had, and he doesn't have, he he still has the same amount of hype, but it's not the same kind where people know that he's not unbeatable. I think that'll help him out. Number two in this weight class, Mason Paris, who's from Michigan. Another guy who's undefeated. Tony Cassiope was from Iowa. He was having a really good year last year before everything got shut down. Number five, Matt Stencil from Central Michigan. Uh, he's probably, I think he won the MAC tournament. Um, so that's all. That's an interesting wild card up in the top four. And then number five, Colton Schultz, who we talked about. Former Colorado wrestler at Ponderosa High School. And now he's uh, the heavyweight at Arizona State. So... I mean, I know you probably haven't watched any of those guys' matches specifically, but uh, what, are you, what are you thinking when you look at this heavyweight lineup? Are you going with the favorite in Stevenson, or do you think that we might be able to see uh, maybe a Cassiope, maybe a Mason Parrish make a little bit of a run through this, this tournament? You know, I would love to see Schultz make some type of run through this tournament, um, partially because he's a, he's a Colorado guy, you know, former Colorado wrestler. Um, but also because, you know, I really think that he's really the only, he's really the one that I've watched, um, at, in any capacity because I did watch his state championship, I believe, uh, my freshman year, of he won college. four of them. So you have plenty of opportunity yeah. to have seen it. I'm pretty sure it was my freshman year of college when I came home, either that or senior year, one of the two. But anyway, um, watching that match, I mean, he just dominated, you know, he's, he's like farmer boy, strong. Uh, just he's big. Yeah, he's huge. Like, he's a wide, wide person. Like he's uh, he's built like a fire hydrant, but he's also six three. Yes. Yeah. He is just kind of like what you want your heavyweight wrestler to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just manhandles people, and it seems like he does it with ease. So I'd I'd love to see him go through and make a run at the tournament. Fifth, fifth overall. I mean, great. Congratulations. That's amazing. But going through the tournament and trying to make some type of run, it's going to be very difficult. So yeah. I'm thinking Cassiope is probably the one that I, I have a little more faith in. Um, but if you want me to ask, if you want me to uh, pick with my heart, then I'm going with Schultz. Yeah, I think the only problem Cassiope is going to run into being the third seed. I mean, 
just based off the rankings. We don't know any of the seating or any of the brackets, how that's going to work out until we're recording this the Saturday before you're hearing this. So conference tournaments are just finishing up. But Cassiope right now, if he goes in as the three seed, he's on the same side of the bracket as Stevenson. And I think if, you, if you're going to go with an underdog, unless somebody's able to catch Stevenson like they did uh, two years ago in the semifinal round before the championship, it's going to be very difficult to not have him in that championship match. And I don't know if Cassiope, like I said, he had a great year two years ago, but this might be, I mean, he might have missed a window. He might have might have missed his window for a championship, but I don't. I I see Schultz winning in his first round, maybe losing Sweet Sixteen and having a few rounds to go back. I I could see him maybe all American, all being an all American this year, top eight. But I don't necessarily see him winning a championship. Now, since we're moving backwards, let's get to the really fun weight class because the 197 pounders, they're, I, a lot of them are 240 pounds that cut down to 197. It's, they're they're kind of like the hybrids is what yeah. I like to say. I mean, they're strong as hell because, like you said, they cut down, but they also have kind of like that smaller guy stamina. Um, yeah, that's I'm showing you a picture right now of the number one wrestler at 197 pounds. If you have the ability to look it up right now as you're listening, do it. Eric Schultz from Nebraska. He he looks like there. It's 197 pounds and it's five percent body fat. It, yeah, it's just pure. He's lean, and you can tell that during the off season he walks around at at least like 230, 240. Um, but that's the, I mean these wrestlers, a lot of them do that. I mean even if you know the 127s or 125s, whatever. I can't you know 125. I, yeah, um, even they walk around at like 150, 160 during the off season and then cut all the way back down. Because 25 pounds, you can lose 25 pounds like that with what they what they put themselves through. So Yeah, we've seen it. I mean, we've had teammates that cut weight very, very vigorously towards the end of it. The, the opposite side of that, though, is me and you were trying to keep weight on, and it seemed like no matter what we did, I mean, we carried around that giant Jethro lunchbox. Looking thing. It looked like a freaking 80s stereo that you should be holding over your head trying to get your girlfriend back. But uh, carrying around that lunchbox full of sandwiches, protein shakes, all like snacks all this different stuff it seemed like we couldn't keep weight on me and you both dropped from about 270 to about 220 over the course of like three months yeah i'm not proud of it but in my senior year of regionals sorry mom and dad i weighed in on the second day like 232 and i was wrestling heavyweights now i will say i liked looking at myself in the mirror and seeing a little bit of a six-pack that was kind of crazy i i did enjoy i mean i it was tough going through the practices we had some days where we didn't finish you remember the state championship pictures. You remember the red flag days where we run and then we wrestle live and then we run and then we wrestle live. Our coach's goal, because the the wrestling room in most high schools are like a, I'll say like a 35 by 15 box. Basically, And like the a- ceilings are like right at 10 feet. So it's very closed in, very humid environment. A lot of guys in there rolling around, sweating on each other. Now that we know COVID exists, Probably not the best environment. They're going to have to, I mean, they obviously had to open things up and practice in bigger spaces, but that's how the normal wrestling rooms were. And on these red flag days, our coaches would go until the state championship pictures because they're all in a shadow box. All of the shadow boxes were fogged up, and that's when practice was deemed over. Um, it's it's always nice to have, and then you sit down on the mat while coach is giving his post-practice speech, and you get up and there's a puddle from your butt imprint. It's a It's a great time. It's one of... Wrestling is one of those sports that it's very difficult to do. It's not the fun, most fun to practice, but it's one of the more fulfilling that you can actually actually do. Okay, sorry for that little interruption. 
having a puppy around podcasting. Normally, not that big of a deal, but today he's uh, a little bit rambunctious. Maybe it's because he's not he's not used to podcasting around Nico, and maybe you're just not giving off the same vibe as vibe as Nico. If you're just tuning in on the Unhinged Sports Network, Dom Pilato, my brother from our Bold Pickham show, is filling in because uh, Nico didn't really doesn't know that much about wrestling, so. I went and I wanted to do this episode about the NCAA wrestling tournaments with Dom, but uh, maybe that's maybe that's the reason why he won't just chill out. Or you know maybe it's just because he had to go to the bathroom and that's the, he that's didn't the though he he didn't. But it's because he wants to go out to that bush because somebody put Trulies or something out there and dumped them there and he likes the smell of the. So now you're calling my puppy an alcoholic. A little bit, yeah. Oh, okay, so that, now we know how Dom feels about me. But we were talking about the 197 pound weight class, and like we said, look up Eric Schultz. I would watch. I would say watch highlights of his matches. The 197-pound weight class is one of the more exciting ones because, like Dom said, they're hybrids. They wrestle with that same kind of upper body mentality as uh, we're seeing. We're, we have highlight. We we totally said an ambiance. If we had if we had a camera, we're watching wrestling highlights as we're recording this podcast. But they have that same upper body lock mentality, but they can also shoot if they need to. Other top five, the rest of the top five at 197 pounds. So we have Eric Schultz, number one from Nebraska. Miles Amin from Michigan, also a senior. He's undefeated. Jacob Warner from Iowa, four and one. Cordell Norfleet from Arizona State. So Arizona State's got two guys, especially at the heavyweight classes, in the top five. And then Tanner Sloan from South Dakota State, the sophomore, 13 and 0 sophomore in the Big 12, rounding out the top five. That's an, another interesting point that I think we can talk about for non-wrestling fans or people who've never been around the sport. Normally, when you have a really good guy at one weight class, the weight classes around him are also really good because you're wrestling against really good competition every single day in practice. So having a heavyweight in the top five, we're seeing you also have a 197-pounder in the top five. At least four of the five schools are the, are the same. So, I mean, I know I've recognize that is that something that you kind of see going on with the sport too yeah uh that's exactly what i see um even looking back in high school you know it seemed like uh what was matt was 160s 155 or 155 Your year, like he that. was i think 154 and then um kai i think was 145 yeah and and kai came in i mean he was like me he was a pup you know kind of you know thinking that he he had it all figured out the middle school wrestling scene, he probably went undefeated, all that different stuff. And then day one got just pecker slapped by uh, Matt. That's an interesting way to put it. And man. I, well, I mean, it, pause, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, no, he he came in. He, he had all the confidence in the world, which is great. You should have confidence when you come in, especially to a wrestling room. Um, and, it's, and it's good to see from the coach, you know, coaching standpoint, this guy thinks – you know, he, he's got a little bit of confidence. Maybe we can teach him a little bit. And then when he goes out, he's just going to dominate. And I think even freshman year, I think Kai was doing well, but that's because he was he had that competition with, with Matt. And then looking at Josh, I mean, Josh was the 126, you know, 132s and the 120s and mm-hmm. everybody around him uh, benefited from having that extra competition well, throughout mean, the week. That year we qualified – eight wrestlers for the state championship tournament mm-hmm. and it wasn't like we had eight fine silver brothers on the because that's what a lot of people like to say when when cherry creek's wrestling team was good and we finished top five in the state 
the fine silvers uh, last year, and then we finished top five in the state, Matt and Josh. So Mitch and the fine silver brothers are basically famous in Colorado. There's two sets of twin brothers that wrestled at Cherry Creek. Mitch and Zach were the older set of twins, and uh, they both wrestled at Duke, and then Matt and Josh were my age, so graduated in 2016. They're both wrestling at Duke. Um, and both their senior years, we were top five, but that was because we qualified six wrestlers along with the fine silver. So it wasn't just the fact that we had four hammers in the weight class. We also had really good guys around them. Um, but that's that's what we're talking about. When you have good competition at one weight class, it normally trickles down into the one lower, one higher, maybe a couple weight classes lower because everybody basically wrestles at the same weight in practice. You don't start your cut until a couple days before the duel, and that's when you know not to mess with the 135-pounders because they're just tired. They're tired, they're cranky, and they're hungry. They're going to make weight. They're going to go eat a power bar in the shower afterwards because they just want to f- They just want to eat. They haven't been able to eat for three weeks. The eating in the shower. Eating in the shower is not even uh, – I don't even want to think about it. Naked takedowns? No, I don't want to talk about naked takedowns. First shower. First shower freshman year. I'm – I'm deathly afraid at this point because I had never showered in front of anybody else, especially in that type of environment. And Matt Feinsilver comes in, puts his banana peel down that he just finished, you know, needed needed a little boost after practice, puts it down on the ledge, and walks up to all the freshmen, including me, who's just about to get out of the shower, grabbing my towel, goes, all right, naked takedown, slaps his chest, slaps his legs, and he's ready. He's about to take you down. And if you decided not to look at him, you got taken. You got taken down. And unfortunately, I I looked and didn't get taken down, which I guess is a good thing, you know, because I didn't really want to get taken down. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's an experience. You'd have to be on a wrestling team to understand the full gravity of that situation. It's fun. It's a fun atmosphere. <clears throat> Those are some of my better friends that I've ever had in my life with the wrestling teammates. Uh, next weight class, 184 pounds, moving down from heavyweights. Uh, Aaron Brooks, Penn State, sophomore number one. Trent Heidley uh, from North Carolina State. So this is where we start to see NC State enter the mix. Hunter Bolin from Virginia Tech. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Lou DePerez from Binghamton. So he's a EIWA. I thought that the Ivy League wasn't wrestling this this season, but maybe they have a couple uh, teams from that conference still going. And then number five, Parker Kekesine, Kekesine from Northern Iowa. He's a freshman. All these guys, nine and zero, six and one. But uh, eighty-four pound, one hundred eighty-four pounds is also a fun weight class. And this is where I can see maybe Penn State starting to pull away from it because this is one where you know the top five are not these blue blood programs. And and he's, he's Aaron Brooks is probably going to be the most seasoned guy at this weight class, even though he's only a sophomore. He had, this is his first season of competition actually, because his freshman year got cut short last year. And this is one where we're probably going to see a Brooks Hyde lay one, two, number one seed, number two seed matchup in the championship. And I don't see it going any other way. I don't have a dark horse in the 184 pound division that can actually uh, come in and make a a big run. It's going to be one versus two in the championship for this one. I really think that weight class is going to be interesting too because like you said, even though he's a sophomore and he's gone through um, you know, practices and, and stuff and he's gotten used to the schedule, he really hasn't had a whole lot of competition. So even though he's got a little more a little more experience than the other people that are that are listed in his weight class, um, 
I think it's still going to be pretty much a toss-up because in this sport, experience is a, a lot of it. Uh, experience, like I said earlier, experience and stamina. Those are those are kind of like the two things that you should pay attention to if you're if you're trying to pick an individual match. So um, that that one, if you ask me to pick, I would not be able to give you a straight answer at the, at this point. It's it's going to be Brooks, who's the number one seed, and then. <clears throat> That ACC matchup that we saw at the ACC championship tournament, Heidley ended up winning, uh, beating Hunter Boland. But Hunter Boland, Trent Heidley, the two and the three are going to be interesting to see how they shake out and get to the championship. Um, it's actually Boland's going to have to beat Brooks to wrestle Heidley in the championship. That ACC duo might actually uh, be an interesting one to watch um, coming down towards the championships on Saturday night. 174s starting to to drastically shrink the wrestler now. Number one, Michael Kermer, Kemmerer. Wow. Kemmerer? These Kemmerer? these names are a lot more difficult than Registered I thought they were going to be. Uh, Mikey Labriola, uh, Kemmerer from Iowa, Labriola from Nebraska, Demetrius Romero from Utah Valley. That one, that one sounds familiar at least. I mean, Utah Valley is uh, one of the smaller schools that got into the Big 12, kind of like Northern Colorado. Um he he's at three. Carter Starocki Starachi from Penn State, a freshman, and then Logan Massa, uh, Michigan from from Michigan, a senior, top five at 174 pounds. Massa's an interesting one because he's a couple time All American, very seasoned. He's a senior, and I think he's a fifth year senior, so he's been doing this for a long time. That one, he's somebody that I could see having enough previous experience to challenge a Labriola. Or maybe a, a Romero, and if he ends up getting Starachi, since they're the four and five, I think that he could probably upset because Starachi's one of those freshmen who came in three-time state champion from New Jersey or something like that. He he's been very dominant up until this point in his career. hasn't really been in an adverse situation. That's where you start to see these freshmen fall down the line to these fifth-year seniors that know what they're doing. We saw that at 125 pounds with Sebastian Rivera. Uh, two years ago and the last time that they had a tournament. Sebastian Rivera was supposed to be the guy to face Spencer Lee. He beat him twice that season at 125 pounds. Jack Mueller, who's a fifth-year senior from Virginia Tech, comes in and beats him in the semifinal round. We don't even get to see Sebastian Rivera, Spencer Lee for the third time that season. So this is where um, the senior versus freshman dynamic is, is. This is where you can kind of start to see it at 174 pounds, and it's a big deal. It's not something that you can kind of brush off. No, and it is a big deal. But like I said earlier, wrestling is pretty much always a toss-up. Uh, you can you can look at all the different people who have, you know, fifth-year senior experience versus freshman experience, and that is definitely going to play a role. That's nothing, to, that's nothing to sneeze at. But wrestling, you know, one false move, one throw that you weren't expecting, and at the end of the third period or, you know, whenever it is, could change the entire the entire match. You can be down, you know, first period, second period, halfway through the third period, and then you catch him in what you were looking for the entire match and end up pinning him. So um, although that is going to be a, a very big uh, decider and something that we're going to have to watch, um, I think, you know, there's still a potential that, you know, some some magic can happen. You know, lightning does strike. It doesn't strike twice normally, but it, it does strike. Yeah, and these, I mean, we've seen four-time national champions, so the freshman had to upset a senior at some point on that stretch. 
so it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. 174 pounds, going to be one of the more exciting weight classes. Now 165 pounds I think might be one of the most uh, star-studded, I I guess, because you get Alex Marinelli, number one from Iowa, the bull. He's the only 23-year-old that I've seen legitimately go bald but in the toilet bowl way. <laughs> don't don't talk to him about that. Don't make fun not, of him because no. he will he will absolutely demolish anybody. But he is he is that guy who balded early. Um, Travis Whitlake, Oklahoma State, number two. Anthony Valencia, former Olympic team Olympic trial participant, almost won it, but a two-time national champion from Arizona State. Shane Griffith from Stanford at number four, and then Jake Wentz, Jake Wenzel from Pittsburgh. At number five, he won the ACC tournament this past weekend. And then at this weight class, also Makai Lewis from Virginia Tech. He was a freshman last year, came out of, or two years ago, came out of nowhere, surprised everybody, and won the national championship at this weight class. So, I mean, this is a, this, this 165 might be the marquee one. They always try and have the biggest match be the nightcap. So you don't always have to start the, the round at 125 pounds for those listening that haven't watched the tournament before. You can start at 164 pounds and then, or 165 pounds. It'll just wrap its way back around. I think this year we might start at 174 and then have 165 be the end cap because this weight class has probably four of the five top matchups that I want to see in the tournament. Yeah, and and I kind of wish all sports would do that, um, where you know the the top, <clears throat> excuse me, the top uh, conference in the sport is uh, the one that you watch last or that you know that in this case, the top weight class, um, you know, cause normally you get the PAC 12, CU buff mountain, you know, mountain West, all the different stuff late when you're watching football. And I'll be honest with you. I, I love Colorado football. That's not necessarily something that I, that I want to end my night with. You know, I'd rather end my night with a huge, that's, you know, that's SEC. the thing about that though. PAC 12 after dark is even after the main event, because the main event is the sec on ABC. Right, but it's then you get to the Pac-12 after dark, and, and it's a snooze fest. I've said that it's like staying up late to watch Skinamax, and I think that that's a pretty, pretty accurate statement. Oh, don't don't give me that look. I know you. I know you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Oh, I'm not as dumb as I think that you thought. I was, <laughs> like I thought I was. I was once. All right, quite quite good, man. Yeah, I just watched that. Um, at 165 pounds, do you have any any prediction? I told you about Alex Marinelli. And Anthony Valencia, former and you know very high up, high up there guy. Any kind of, any any kind of prediction. So this is this is the weight class where we start kind of get in, getting into the faster paced. You know, if you blink, you're gonna miss something type stuff. Um, if I, I mean Valencia is probably the, the name that that comes to mind. Um, if you're asking me who I think is gonna end up. Uh, winning or going through the tournament just purely because he's one of the top ranked. Um, I don't normally sit and watch these guys um, during the season. So that's just kind of what I'm going to go with. But um, for now, I I think that's, that's who I'm going to go with Valencia. Uh, Mine would be Makai Lewis because I saw what he did two years ago in the tournament. And he's one of those explosive freestyle takedown guys. And uh, he's he's somebody that can make a lot of difference coming from a lower seed in the tournament because the ACC's it's not what you know it's not what we once thought it was and he had a bad tournament in the ACC's didn't even place so I will say this 
And I guarantee you there's some type of prop bet because I know you can bet on pretty much anything, even even in the NCAA Madness Tournament. Um, I bet you there's some type of bet where you're going to see a flying squirrel. And for those of you who don't know, do you know where the flying squirrel is? No, I know what the flying okay. squirrel is. You think that a 165-pound man is going to pull off the flying squirrel? It's been such a weird year. I mean, that would just be the be icing on the cake. That's my foot. Thanks, Boomer. It would just be the icing on the cake. So, I don't know if 165 if a 165 pound man pulls that off. That is freaking incredible. And I think the clip that I saw it was older, like 90s probably. But the clip that I saw it had somebody who looked like he was probably about 165, maybe maybe a little heavier. Um, but it was also a freestyle wrestlers. So those guys are just freak athletes too. Um, wrestlers in general are freak athletes, but these guys were crazy but i i have a feeling like you put a dollar on that because it's so rare to see you know you probably would win a couple thousand there's your beats of the week for this bonus episode for the ncaa madness tournament boomer you got to be quiet we're recording this is is not professional it doesn't sound professional uh, now let's move on we're about halfway through the weight classes so we are getting down to the nitty gritty. One fifty sevens. I want to. I'm going to give you a trivia question that you might not know the answer to. Ryan Deacon, the number one seed at 157 pounds, is from Colorado. Do you know what high school he wrestled for when he wrestled in Colorado? Mountain Vista. No, you are not close. Not close at all. No, other end of the state. So north. Yes. Greeley West. No, but it's very close to what Windsor. The, is it Wednesday? No, I mean, it's very oh. close to where we used to always be around. Horizon? Legacy. Ah. He wrestled at Legacy. Oh, we used to practice there all the time. Yeah. When we were with the Blitz. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, but Ryan Deacon was a couple-time state champion from Legacy, and now he has. He probably could have won 157 pounds last year if they would have had the tournament. He's number one seed again, and he'll probably get – Hayden Heidley, who is the older brother, because we talked about Trent Heidley at 184 pounds. Hayden Heidley, uh, he he's a guy that is a very good – he's basically the one carrying the ACC conference after the Fine Silvers left. I mean, there's Austin O'Connor at 149 from North Carolina, but Hayden Heidley has been a, a guy around the top for a long time, and now Ryan Deacon match ends up coming on the screen. But he's uh, – He's a freak. I mean, I, I've seen some of his training videos um, yeah. on... Looking at him, yeah. He's 157 pounds, but like we said, he's probably walking around at like 170. Yeah, I think he's about 6'1", too. So it's not like he's a short 157-pounder. No. He's very big, very tall. Um, and he gives a lot of people fits because he's so strong. He, he's just very... He, he can control basically he, any position on I the mean, map. You say he's 6'1". He looks like he's got a pretty pretty decent wingspan. I'll see. I'll go. I'll go ahead and double check on how tall he is because I know that he's not a small guy for a 157 pounder. And for those of you who don't know, uh, the reason why I bring up wingspan is because cradles. Um, you know, it, that used to be one of my favorite things to do. Even though I don't have the longest arms in the world, I just ended up being okay at it, decent enough that I could work it into my move repertoire. But I mean. Length in wrestling is kind of like length in a boxing or UFC match, um, especially UFC because there's there's a lot of wrestling that goes on, along with that. Um, but it it plays a bigger role than you think. Uh, being able to you know we we talk about it all the time. Our little brother is built to be a wrestler, even though he doesn't like wrestling, just because he has such long arms and can we we say he can tie his shoes standing up. He doesn't even have to bend over. 
Um, but he can like being able to throw in a cradle and having that long leverage to be able to hold on to it um, while they're while they're kicking out is a huge advantage. Yeah, and Deegan's a guy who's dominated the best wrestling conference for the past three years. So that he's able to do that to all the best wrestlers in his weight class. I mean, granted, Heidley is in a different conference, so they haven't they haven't seen each other at all, especially this year. Normally, you get at least a big tournament. There's a tournament around Christmas that you normally see a lot of the top guys go to. I mean, he's a monster. He just uh, single chicken wing ran the number three three seed in the weight class over. But uh, I think that this this has the if I'm going. What's going to be the last match of the night? It's either going to be 165 pounds or 157 because Ryan Deacon's going to be one of the better stories in the tournament, and we all know that ESPN likes a good story. Uh, prediction for this one? I mean, who do you are you going? You're going to probably have to pick the Colorado guy, right? I mean, yeah, I, I like seeing Colorado guys succeed. Um, that's why you know, even though I ended up winning the bull pick them, that's why I was stupid and decided to pick Colorado because I wanted to see Colorado do well. And, you know, for a little while there, it looked like there might have been a glimmer of hope. And then, no, just just no. Well, the other top five at 157, besides Deacon and Hyley, David Carr, number three, from Iowa State. Jesse Delvacchia from Ryder. I don't even know where that is, but he's number four. And then Caleb Young from Iowa, who we actually, the match before this, we were watching one of his old um, matches. But that that's who... It rounds out the top five there. 149 pounds. This was the weight class that Mitch Feinsilver used to wrestle in. Qualified for the national tournament three times, who we were talking about earlier. Number one, Austin O'Connor, a guy that Mitch wrestled a lot, and those were always really fun matches to watch from North Carolina. Sammy Sasso from Ohio State, number two. Brock Mahler, number three from Missouri. That's a hell of a wrestling name, Brock Mahler. And then uh, Bo Wallen from Oklahoma State, number four. Andrew Alvarez. Oh, Northern Colorado, Andrew Al- Alves. Oh, yeah, Alves. Okay, Alvarez. so cool. Alvarez. So we weren't sure, and I, I didn't know uh, if they ended up having enough competition in order for them to qualify for this tournament. I knew that uh, Brady, the trainer that works mainly with the wrestling team, said that uh, as long as everything stays you know, the way that it has been at this point, it was probably a month ago, um, that they have uh, – probably four or five at least that are qualifying for the tournament. But then I thought they got shut down for COVID protocols. Well, this is a good year because you don't have to have a minimum amount of competition to qualify. And he's 4-0 in the Big 12, which is good. So shout out Andrew Alarez. Didn't didn't know that he was going to be in the tournament. And he's in the top five of his 149-pound weight class, which sucks that he's at that weight class because there's some really, really tough, tough outs at this one. I mean, Bolu Wallen – He's a three-time All-American, I think, and he's going to be an absolute monster. Mahler, I think Brock Mahler, Austin O'Connor is my quick pick to be match of this weight class. It, it can't be in the championship because they're the one and the three, but it, in the semifinal, that's going to be a hell of a match to try and get through through to the title match. And then uh, Sammy Sasso is a guy who had a lot of hype, and he hasn't quite lived up to it, but this year it seems like he's maybe flipped the switch, and we might be seeing the best version of him that we've seen at, at the college level. I will say, though, don't sleep on the Northern Colorado guy. Um, you know, coming from such a small school, uh, being in the top five is no small feat. So congratulations on that um, for sure. But, you know, you can never really count them out. And, like, this team has taken down, like, Wyoming. Uh, I think they gave, 
I want to say Oklahoma State, a pretty good run for their money. Um, they did well in, in the Northern Tournament that they had up here uh, probably four or five months ago now. Um, I don't even know how long. But, they, I mean, this small school, you know, you always look and see, like, the Oklahoma States, the Iowas, and, yeah, they're they're amazingly talented and they're really good. Um, but you can also look and see these smaller schools like Ryder. We don't even know where that is, but still – they're they're gonna be good competition, so um, don't don't look past them. I is what I'm trying to say. No, I don't think that you should look past them. We talked about it earlier. It doesn't matter the size of the school in wrestling. Uh, I'm just gonna look up. I'm looking up their UNC schedule, just because I didn't know they've they're four and two, so they've had six competitions this far thus far. Beat Wyoming at the Big Twelve. Beat Wyoming in their duel. Beat California Baptist in their duel, which is a pretty good Division II team. Beat Utah Valley, which we mentioned has a, another guy in the top five in a weight class. Uh, and then they didn't get to wrestle against Air Force. They didn't get to wrestle against Oklahoma State. They lost to West Virginia 25-11 to and then lost to Air Force 31-7. So they've lo- I mean, their losses are to two good teams and then beat Fresno State 30-10. to but I'm sure there's – I mean, it, you guys are a Division One A wrestling program in a, in a place where you're a Division One AA college program. Else, yeah. So it's it's a big deal that they're on the, that level, and I don't think that you can count them out just because of that. So I will say, too, uh, real quick, just shout out. I'm pretty sure Quinn Malofchik, uh he's a wrestler for Air Force. I think he might have came close to making the tournament. Um I don't know if he ended up. What weight class? He's a smaller guy. I want to say probably. We might get to him. One thirty something. We still have one hundred forty one, one hundred thirty three, and one hundred twenty five to go. He's so. he's just one of the old, very few, uh, if any, guys that I still keep in contact with from there. Uh, he was my first roommate in basic, so uh, me and him had a lot of time to get to know each other. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to the next weight class. This one I wasn't expecting because there's a lot of guys that I recognize, but they're not in the same weight class that they had been. So, number one, Jaden Ironman from Iowa. I believe he used to be at Missouri, so he's a transfer. Nick Lee from Penn State, number two. Sebastian Rivera, who used to wrestle 133 pounds at Northwestern, now at Rutgers, wrestling 141. Uh, Tariq Wilson from North Carolina State at number four. And then Ian Parker from Iowa State at number five. Uh, 141 pounds, if you want to talk about those wild, explosive, blinking you might miss it scrambles, this is the weight class where they mostly happen. Uh, this is a very funky weight class, and if you don't know what the funk wrestling is, uh, you should look up Ben Askren college wrestling highlights. Don't don't look up the highlight that I know you all are thinking of with the KO by Masvidal. We don't have to talk about that knee in the UFC. But his um, he developed a style that was very interesting and it's very intricate and it, it's this is basically the style that these guys wrestle with at 141 pounds. So <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt. My pick for this weight class is Sebastian Rivera because I think that it's finally gonna be his time. And now that he's wrestling 141 pounds instead of cutting down to 133 or 125, he's gonna be very strong and and he's a guy, one of the most technical wrestlers that I've seen, never out of position. He's probably gonna. He's been. He's made big runs in tournaments before. I see him finally getting over the hump and winning another ch- national championship for Rutgers. Yeah, um, I probably agree with you. the The only other thing in watching these highlights um, that I would say too is, 
a, a big factor is um, writing time. The amount of time that you can dominate your opponent and keep them on the mat is going to take a toll not only on their stamina, but it's also going to be a, a huge mental game as well. Because, I mean, this is I'll tell you this because this is what was going through my head every time we had those grind matches. Get me the hell off this mat. I am sick of smelling the the feet and the sweat and the rubber and all that. I, I don't know if it's rubber or not, but all the rubber and all this different stuff. I am sick and tired of it. I've had my nose driven into this thing. I don't even know how many times. I just want to be done. And at that point, as soon as as soon as I start thinking that, you give up your advantage. If you had any type of chance going in, you probably don't anymore because. You're, you're thinking about trying to get off the, the mat, which is, yeah, that's kind of the premise of it. But you have this giant backpack that just keeps squirming and squirming. And it's 150 extra pounds. So now instead of, or 100, you know, if you're 149, whatever, 149 extra pounds. So you're now instead of being 149 pounds and being able to move your own body weight, now you got to move twice your body weight. And that's going to take so, so much more stamina and all this other energy and now you're putting it into that instead of trying to turn your opponent yeah uh one one other person to mention in this weight class dom demas from oklahoma <clears throat> he's uh he's on the sixth right now he's ranked six in the intermat rankings but uh we were talking about vision quest and cow catchers earlier and dom demas is the guy who if he got, if he's gonna win it's gonna be by a cow catching some sort of throw uh, so if you like the big fancy if you've ever been to a wrestling tournament and you heard the pounding of feet on the gym floor because somebody just got thrown, you know everybody goes, whoa, in that. So that's where you can kind of see one of those moves happening is that 141 with Dom Demas from Oklahoma. All right, last two weight classes. Uh, that's, there's a picture for you. There's a there's – I'm throwing crap around. But that is the – what? Did it spill? That is the uh, 133 pound number one. Damn right. You know what? I, I will say this. If I am wearing an Oklahoma State singlet, I better have a freaking cowboy hat. Yeah. And you know what? When and I a change, belt buckle? And a belt buckle. And when I change out of my wrestling shoes, I better have some nice ass cowboy boots to put on. This is off topic, but did you see the video of the Oklahoma kid that got his ass kicked in the bathroom? By no. the two wrestling brothers? No, I didn't. Yeah, that was the first thing that everybody noticed. I might, I might, <clears throat> I might have to let you. I mean, we might have to do a little bit of a live watch along, but uh, it's it's a pretty intense situation. So go ahead. Um, well, here here's how we'll just so I have enough time to search this. What do you when I tell you an Oklahoma receiver got his ass kicked in the bathroom? What are you going into the situation before seeing the video? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Oklahoma receiver just getting his butt kicked in the but it, it, I will say this that it's not a guy on the wrestling team so here's this if you haven't looked it up uh, just search Oklahoma football player knocked out if you want to see it but this this is the Dom's first time watching this video um, and we'll see uh, well that's a big one honestly what I'm thinking is I, to me the first thought is some type of hazing which I know is not supposed to happen anymore but you know, sometimes still does in certain places, um, but I don't know. MMA trained fire beats the pricks off Oklahoma Sooners star football player and bar bathroom. Star football player is a little bit much. He's what he is is the holder. 
He's just the holder. So he's so he he's got talking, mouthy. He's talking yeah. shit, and this guy is look. He's not looking at him, and then he gets shoved. But he got shoved by not. He's he's beating the crap out of the guy that didn't shove him. His buddy shoved him. But there's the takedown, and then he's rubbing his face in the piss on the ground. But it's and then his, his other brother's beating the shit out of his other friend. But he's got the he's cowboy got boots. Yeah, he's got his legs in. Yeah. He's just dominant. It looks like he's choking him out, but I don't think he is. I, I think he chokes him out at some point. Yeah, there it there is. There it is. Yep, rear naked. He put the seatbelt in and everything. And there, there, there's the cowboy boots. That's something Dana White should be be looking for here. Maybe he's got his next Conor McGregor type. But that, there you go. That's why you don't... I know that you, you're not old enough to go to the bars, and uh, I know that... I don't, I don't know what your team bar policy is, but if you're ever finding yourself just in a public place... Brotherly, brother to brother advice here. Definitely don't pick on somebody who's smaller than you, just because you think that they're not going to be able to handle your size. Because he would have been able to do that to an offensive lineman if given the opportunity, just because he knows what he's doing. But uh, yeah, if you ever find yourself in a situation and it seems that's where it's going to go, best best case scenario is to get out because that kid that the Oklahoma guy that he started beating up almost lost his eye. He had so much damage damage done to his orbital that the doctor who was able to fix it said, yeah, I was not 100% certain that we were going to be able to keep the eye, um, which would be a hell of a story to say that you lost your eye in a bar fight. But that, there we go. That's off topic. Did you win? Uh, next question? <laughs> yeah, but that's Dayton Fix. The picture that I showed Dom is Dayton Fix, number one, 133-pound wrestler from Oklahoma State in a cowboy hat with a belt buckle because I think when you go wrestle for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, your senior night gift is a belt buckle with your name on it. Because they know that you're just going back to the, you're just going back to Mom and Paul's farm, and you're gonna go wrestle hogs for the rest of your life. So you might as well have a belt buckle to hold your, hold your pants up and have your name on it as well. Uh, but the other ones, this is probably the most top to bottom, competitive weight class. Number one, Dayton Fix. Uh, he actually qualified for the Olympic team when it when it got canceled, so he's not gonna do that anymore. But former runner up at 133 pounds. Roman Bravo Young, RBY from Penn State. Austin DeSanto from Iowa at number three. Number four, Corbin Myers from Virginia Tech. And then number five, Mikey Filippi from Pittsburgh. But then you also have, you know, guys like Sammy Alves. I thought that Austin DeSanto was going to be in this weight class, but I don't see him in the rankings. He might qualify. Oh, never mind. He's he's a third-ranked wrestler. I totally missed that I said his name. Is this 141, you said? 133. Um... Can you scroll through and see if Malovchuk's in there? I'm just, I'm honestly just curious. He's uh, Air Force. Yeah, he he would probably be lower in the ranking. He's not. I don't see him, but I see Moshe Schwartz, who wrestles from Northern Colorado. I remember his Moshe Schwartz. I think wrestled at Ponderosa too. I think he and Schultz were the two main guys at Ponderosa while they were there. You know what's interesting? It seems like we either have Colorado guys or we have. A lot of actually guys from Iowa who didn't end up going to Iowa on our team. Well, I mean, Iowa, you have to win. If you're going to go to Iowa from Iowa, you have to be a four-time state champion, but also be ranked in national tournaments. Right, and these guys are like... They might be four-time state champions, but they still don't get a look from... Or they're three-time state champions, which is still incredible. Because that probably just means that, you know, you had maybe a senior in your weight class your freshman year, and you ended up losing in the wrestleback or the... um, you, you know the state I, tournament? Yeah. Yeah. No, not the state tournament. The uh, challenge, wrestle, weight class challenge. 
the, the thing. I, yeah, the re- thing I never did for the fairest yeah. thing in the world. Wrestle offs. Yeah. You never challenged me in a wrestle off, so you can't even say. I was never going to challenge you in that wrestle off. I was not going to take that. If you haven't seen Vision Quest, definitely go see Vision Quest. It's one of the most cheesy 80, 80s movies of all time. It's Madonna's first movie appearance, but it's one of my favorites. I talked about it a couple weeks ago on my What's on My Screen uh, segment. But shout out Moshe Schwartz because I do think that he's a Colorado guy and he's wrestling for Northern Colorado at this weight class. Who's your Who's your pick for the champion at 133 pounds? Number one. Dane oh, Fix? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because uh, that's, that's the guy who's in the video, right? Am I making that? No, no, that's an MMA guy. That's just a random <coughs> dude in an Oklahoma bar in cowboy boots who decided, you know what? I woke up and chose violence today. I'm going to knock out this kid's eye. You know, I don't think he chose violence. I think violence chose him. <laughs> it might it might have. There, His brother, the guy who ends up beating the crap out of the dude in the jean jacket, came out with a statement and said uh, they had been training. They wrestled pretty much their whole lives and then tr- started training MMA when they were 12. And the, it was... We were pushed to that point, and then once we got pushed to that point, we kind of saw red and took things a little bit too far, which I, I agree, but I don't think that they're in the wrong. No, um, they're def- I don't think they're – if they're if you're disrespecting them and, and they're, like, giving you all these different chances and you just keep pushing and pushing, at a certain point you just get pushed over the edge. Yeah. Uh, next. So my pick for this weight class, probably going to be Dayton Fix too. I think Mikey Philippi might be surprising from Pittsburgh because he's, he's a guy that wrestles – he's – He's got the right style for a tournament. Dual meets, you kind of you kind of want a big offensive explosion style. Mikey Philippi's more of a technical, never going to get taken down and can ride out anybody from the top position. Um, so he can he might be a little bit surprising at this weight class, but I do think that it's fixed. And then everybody else, uh, RBY and DeSanto are going to be fun to watch. But other than that, Fix is probably going to win the 133-pound title. And that brings us back to 125 pounds. Probably the best collegiate wrestler that we've seen in the past 10 years, Spencer Lee, 125-pound number one in the country. He's the guy that we saw Nick Piccinini pin, but when it gets to the tournament, he's a different kind of person, different kind of wrestler. Um, Rest of the top five at this weight class. Number two, Drew Hildebrandt from Central Michigan. Number three, Brandon Courtney from Arizona State. Number four, Taylor Lamont from Utah Valley. And then number five, Sam Latona from Virginia Tech. He is a freshman. Um, I'm looking through. I don't see your dude from Air Force in this one either. That's all right. He's he's young still. He still has a little while before uh, he's out, I think. This is another weight class where I think that it's Spencer Lee and then everybody else is just so far underneath him. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, Patrick McKee and Malink Heiselman are guys that have gone far in the tournament before, but they've never had to deal with Spencer Lee in the tournament. And he, I don't think that he's surrendered a point at the national tournament. I might be wrong. He's probably surrendered one because he's wrestled there for four years in a row. I know that he's never been in danger of losing a match. I think... (sighs) Honestly, the only reason why I think he would ever surrender a point in, in this tournament is because, you know, it's round one, just trying to get your legs underneath you. Maybe you're going to go for the tech. Yeah, but the way he does techs, I told you, anybody in the country, maybe outside of the heavyweights, if you get taken down by Spencer Lee, it's a takedown and then, oh, shit, I'm going to get turned and I'm going to get pinned because that's what he does. So he's very good at the tilts. He's very good at turning guys. So his tech fall is I'm going to take you down, put my leg in, and then I'm going to turn you and turn you and scrape your face across the mat and turn you again. 
And then at some point, I'm just going to get bored and pin you up 16. But he's he's one of those guys. He's a special talent, and I don't think that we're going to see another person at this weight class like him for a very long time. So Spencer leaves your pick for the 125-pound champion. Yeah. Uh, like everybody knows who watched the Bull Pick'em episode, a lot of the times we're thinking the same thing. So, yeah, I, I totally think that Spencer Lee is is my pick for that one. Um, but like I said, I think probably the first round, maybe even into the second round, honestly, because what, what year is he? One more time. He's a senior. Yeah, so he's a senior. You know, it's kind of it's kind of his last shot, so you want him to win that championship, but you also want him to get as, as much mat time as possible. You don't just want to waste those opportunities. So I think uh, he's probably going to go for the, the tech or maybe major decision um try to get a little bit of time on the mat especially since you know a lot of you know a lot of the training has been cut short this year um for the first round maybe the second round but then after that you're going to see him get down to business and just pin pin yeah. the pin those guys as quick as he can yeah i agree that's probably going to be a strategy well there's 10 weight classes all the top 5 plus we gave you our our thoughts on the team tournaments uh, that's probably as much college wrestling as people thought they were ever going to hear out of this podcast, but I think it's a good thing. Um, and, and hopefully I think the main goal out of this one episode is if we can get one or two more people to watch the tournament and get involved in the tournament, it'll be a, a good thing. Cause it's one of the best things to watch. It breaks up March pretty well. Cause you have the conference tournaments in basketball, you have the wrestling national championship, and then you get March madness towards the end of the month. It's, it's like the perfect storm for a sports fan. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, just one or two. If we can get one more two, it's like saying if we can just get one person to change their mind. No, if we can get one or two more people just to watch this tournament, um, I think this sport deserves the exp- the exposure. If not of the March Madness tournament, then pretty dang close because these people put their hearts and souls into this, and they do a lot of different things that are. Maybe maybe a little detrimental to themselves, you know. Cutting weight, cutting a lot of weight is is not necessarily considered healthy, um, but you know they 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 put all this effort into it, and then for them to get as I guess little credit or as little viewership as they do is kind of crazy for me to think about. Um, but like I said, if if not as many people watch it as the March Madness tournament, that's one thing. But I think that you know couple more people watching it is is going to be I don't think you're going to be disappointed with what you see even if you don't even if you've never wrestled or wrestled before or watched wrestling before it's always entertaining to watch just just know that Nico's going to be watching so even a basketball guy can appreciate the NCAA tournament for wrestling well yeah and and you're going to be hearing one of the one of my favorite wrestling songs for the outro of this show I'll play the whole one mic save the sports song because uh, that came out a couple years ago, or not a couple years ago, a few years ago now, when they were thinking about taking wrestling out of the Olympics, a, a wrestler made a rap song, and uh, uh, you'll get to hear that at the end of today's episode. Dom, you're playing for Northern Colorado. Uh, when, what is your schedule like for people to try and see a, a Northern Colorado Big Sky game? So this year, we it's not they're not technically considered games. Uh, looks like... I think it's April 3rd and April 10th. Still don't know the exact time or if it's going to be in the stadium or on the practice fields, which doesn't really matter because they're pretty much in the same place. Um, looks like we're going to have, on the 3rd, we're going to have CSU Pueblo up here for a scrimmage of some sort. Um, don't know exactly how long it's going to be. 
or or anything like that. And then I think the tenth is going to be Shadron, um, which is going to be really interesting because that's where one of our cousin play, cousins play. So if he ends up traveling, he'll be here. Um, but yeah, no, April third, April tenth, those are going to be our games for this year. Um, and then pretty much for the entire month of March, even uh, the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be practicing like 25 practices or something like that. And Boomer's trying to take away the mic. but So you got spring ball pretty much. Yeah, basically. A scrimmages. Yeah, it's, we did it in the fall too. That's that's nice. Thanks, Boomer. We did it in the fall too. Um, but yeah, we're, we're basically doing spring ball and then having scrimmages against other schools. Boomer. Boomer, do you, you, if you're going to get on the mic, you got to say something. Yeah, okay. Um, so where can people follow you on social media and keep up with everything that you're, you're doing? Um, and, and where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's at DomPilato63. You can also find me on Twitter at DomPilato. Um, and then TikTok as well, at DomPilato63. I don't have a Facebook, unfortunately. Um, but... You can find me at those places, uh, and you know if you want, you can give me a follow. Give me, give me a little, give me a little message. Say you like having me on the show. That way, maybe I can be on here a lot more. <laughs> Although Boomer seems to think it's time for us to go, so Boomer thinks that it's time for Dom to be done with the show. Uh, for the podcast, listen to us every Wednesday on the Unhinged Sports Network, UnhingedSN.AirTime.Pro, one, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and then our episodes are available on demand as soon as the live premiere is over. We have these bonus episodes coming out quite a bit recently on Fridays at the same time, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. And then we also have a YouTube channel that we drop clips Thursdays, Saturdays, and Mondays. Um, so follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Far End of the Bench. Hit the notification bell and watch all those videos because those are a lot of fun. You get to kind of see the behind the scenes a little bit, which if we were filming this, this would be amazing what Boomer's Boomer's just assaulting Dom right now. Um, but then also be sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform. Leave a rating and a review. If we start getting reviews, we'll read them live on the podcast. But uh, just keep uh, – we, we appreciate everybody tuning in and, and keep interacting with us, keep following along because it's just getting better from here for the far end of the bench. So for that, my for myself, Jimmy Pilato – Dom, my brother, thank you for being the guest on this NCAA March Madness bonus episode of the Far End of the Bench, and we'll see you guys Wednesday. Yeah, you know, I'm in the process of recording my album, and I hear some news that wrestling's getting dropped in the Olympics in 2020. Now, I've wrestled my whole life, from years five to when I was out of college, so without it, who knows where I'd be today. Yeah. How you gonna take away something I paved the way for millions of little kids? You see, I got a lot to say today. What you know about hard work, long nights, and making weight? A few pounds left to lose, missing dinner and staying late. The dedication, all the preparation, all the 5 a.m. runs before getting an education. Sitting in class all day, spitting in the damn cups just to make weight, kick some ass and get our hand up. It's not in us to back down, we stand up We're looked at funny cause these people don't understand us It made us strong, ready for whatever life hands us And capable of any job our future lands us I'm one man on a team with a dream And taking it away, yeah, as mean as it seems As bad as it sounds, it's crazy of course But we gotta stick together if we save in the sport So here's to the sport that made me, made me And taking it away is crazy, crazy So here's to the sport that made me, made me 
taking it away is crazy, crazy. I say we gotta stick together if we're saving a sport. I say we gotta stick together if we're saving a sport. I say we gotta stick together if we're saving a sport. I say we gotta stick together if we're saving a sport. Another late night on the treadmill, even though my legs kill. Early morning waking, my opponent lay in bed still. Thinking this, thinking that, all these thoughts my head fill. Tonight I'm gonna weigh and get the win and eat my next meal. Yeah. They say it's the toughest of sports, but me, I never question that. I love it, of course. And now the dilemma that we face, and now it's getting disgracing. Taking away a sport that's forever amazing. And killing off a sport, you remember that's ancient.